Hello, and welcome back to Now Screaming, episode 11. I'm Evan Culbertson. And I'm Liz Smart. And we're watching all the horror movies currently streaming on Netflix. So you don't have to. This week, we'll be talking about the 2015 New Zealand horror film, The Dead Room. The Dead Room. The Dead Room? As we're calling it. it just, you say it like, like it's one word. The Dead Room. We say it like it's one word. <laughs> who knows we're how... The, we're the only ones. Who knows how director Jason Stutter... That is a nice name. Pronounce it. <laughs> of the director? Do you have any history with this movie? Or, uh... It's... Yeah, I actually do. Okay, go home. You want to berate me? I'm excited. No, I want to know. Uh... There isn't a lot of information on this online, because this is a pretty indie movie, Mm -hmm. but it's apparently based on a real urban legend from New Zealand about a haunted farmhouse and two scientists who went to investigate it in the 70s and got scared and ran away. (laughs) That's a great urban legend. It's not famous enough to, like, (laughs) have a Wikipedia entry or, like... I couldn't find anything on it other than, oh, like, my God. the some people were sitting in a diner and talking about urban legends, and then they went to go check out this house, and they're like, oh, let's make a movie about it. And the dead room was born. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk about it? I would love to, because I think I actually have a very different opinion of this movie yeah. than you do. So, quick plot synopsis. It's about two scientists mm-hmm. and a psychic, mm-hmm. or medium whatever yeah she's described as a psychic and what i glanced yeah um but they don't talk about it she's like a student yeah um she's much younger than them their names are uh the two scientists are scott and liam and scott is he's the grizzled veteran he's the grizzled veteran and he is he is more the scientist he's way more about like we're not doing anything unless we've got facts and we need actual evidence liam is younger and far more willing to believe a lot of different things and holly uh who's the psychic is psychic medium can sense presences but kind of doesn't really want to be here is kind of a little scared and also just a general quiet reserved kind of person so we don't really get a lot of her yeah so this movie starts off and they're kind of just exploring this farmhouse there's no explanation about what's going on no no it throws you completely in with no the only explanation that you get at all is it is it the title sequence that sort of is just moving in the dark and you hear screaming and you yeah. hear like a baby crying and you sort of get the feeling that like something terrible happened here but that's really all you know mm-hmm. and they're just walking around wordlessly they're trying to get the generator like up and running mm-hmm. They're not and, on the grid. That's when yeah. I was like, oh, god damn it. But it's it's setting up over the course of probably the first like half hour that like they've been hired to come check this out, see if there's a haunting. The previous tenants have like fled. They have fled and they're they want money. They want yeah. like insurance money. And the insurance company has hired these paranormal ghost, ghost yeah, paranormal scientists and a psychic to go check this out. Which I found actually really interesting. It is really interesting. You also just almost called them Ghostbusters, which Scott would hate because he <laughs> hates Ghostbusters because they're ridiculous because they're going to try to trap ghosts and there's no way you could do that. No. He talks about that in the movie. He, I Scott, agree. Scott looks down on a lot of things. It actually is a, it's a pretty interesting premise to have mm-hmm. rather than like, you know, The Conjuring, which is about the Warrens or whatever. Yes. You have like an insurance company hiring some people to it's be like... It's all very like bureaucratic, which yeah. I think is really interesting. And I love that you don't really know about it at first because it's not like they don't roll up to the house and start pulling out like Ghostbusters gear. They just look like people. And at first I was like, is this a family? And they're having very 
ordinary conversations yeah. like, oh, we're not we're not on the grid. We got to use the generator. Oh, it looks like a pretty. Oh, the view's beautiful. You know, just they're like, bantering a bit, really, but very very ordinary conversation. If you love exposition, this is not your movie. <laughs> Which I go back and forth on. I was struggling a little bit. I was like, please tell me who you are and why you're here. But at the same time, I respected that they they didn't really even have a conversation until way in about like, here's really what we're doing here. Yeah. It's all, I think the script is written well in that sense of that it's, they let you know what's going on in clever ways. They don't ever have a conversation where they're like, okay, so here's what we're here to do. Which they could have very easily have done. I agree. I think that is one of the better parts of this movie is that I'm... I feel like we get so used to overexposition in horror movies because, like, usually there's something freaky going on yes, they got to explain. Yes, there is some kind of element of world building. And this doesn't feel the need to do that at all. Not at all. And all three of the characters all felt very true to life to me. Um, yeah. Scott, like you said earlier, is a little bit too much of a grumpy old man he's like a stock character yeah Uh, they're all but and that's that's the interesting part they're all stock um but they do bring a a sense of reality to it in how they are so natural i thought especially holly i wondered i wondered at first if holly was just boring i was like is she just a nothing character and i i just came to realize that she actually was just acting extremely naturally and like low energy like she is as a person well do you want to segue into plot or do you want to start talking about the acting in this movie because that's one of the things that i i noted well there really isn't much of a plot after that (laughs) we'll we'll get into like the last 15 minutes because this really this movie is very slow into the last 15 minutes and the only plot is really slow (laughs) it is it's just really that they are hanging out in this house for probably three days stuff happens at 3 a.m Every night. Every night. But it's not big. It's the chandelier moves. A door slams shut. Yeah. And that's it. And then they wake up and they talk about it and then they go back to sleep. But it, it they are living very ordinary lives other than that. Like they're skiving with the family and... Um, the family? Or he, uh, it's Liam's family. Liam's family. Liam's skiving with his family. Scott's just doing things. They're making food. They're, it's just... It's a very ordinary... Yeah. Like slice of life kind of horror movie, which is interesting. But that's really all that happens until the last 15 minutes. Yeah, there's really not a lot going on. The only thing that I would add to that is that seemingly on a loop, Holly's like, I don't like the feeling of this. It's cold in here. I'm uncomfortable. And Scott's like, that's not science. Give yeah, me evidence. Yeah, and that's that's where their, their conflict And they just do that in. over and over again. Which honestly, to me, here's my struggle with it, is I don't know whether that's... If it was purposeful, I think that's actually an interesting choice because I think that's how people would react in this situation. I think that there are people in this world who, even if something so obviously paranormal is happening, they're like, no, I want evidence. I want actual, give me this in a scientific term. And Holly is like, she's like 19 probably. And just does not know or care. She's like, I'm freezing and I don't like this and I can't breathe and I'm scared. And he is giving her a hard time, but they're not, they're not talking to each other like char- like characters in a movie. They're not they're not responding with real dialogue that's moving the plot forward. Like an Aaron Sorkin like tightly written banter. Yeah. Exactly. They're having this like really unproductive conversation that is leading them nowhere and solving nothing. And I think that's actually like the way people would talk during an actual haunting. I think you're right. I also think that it makes a 
big chunk of this movie pretty boring. I agree. Because as you point out, they're accomplishing nothing. No, nothing. And the is same thing again. Exciting things barely happen. There are a couple of things that are like pretty well done. Um, there's a scene in which a table flies into a glass window behind them mm-hmm. and gets like lodged in there, and I think it looks really cool just as an effect. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, it's a lot subtler than that. It's like. Like you said, the chandelier's moving. There's a million shots of this one hallway. Yes. They just keep taking shots of this and hallway. It often looks and like, like the thought kind of behind it kind of looks like someone banged their head on the chandelier. That's how that's how it moves. Yeah. It looks like someone bangs their head on it, which is just enough to be spooky, but not enough. It doesn't fall, you know? Yeah. It doesn't like shatter. It's not the Phantom of the Opera. It's about to say it's not the Phantom of the Opera. Um, but that's why it, like, I am a big fan of these kinds of movies, of um, hauntings that are so slice of life like it's why i really always despite i know it being a terrible franchise it's why i always praise paranormal activity because so much of that movie is just little tiny things that anybody could brush off that actually are proof of a horrible haunting by like a ghost or a demon and i i love that because that's that's the kind of stuff that i would brush off if i was waking up 3 a.m because something was thumping against the wall, my thought wouldn't be, it's obviously a ghost. My thought would be like, somebody needs, my neighbor needs to stop making noise at 3am. And I think that's why that actually scares me more that that's easier to throw off and pretend like nothing's happening. So did you want to talk about the acting? You mentioned that. Just that I, I think that it leads to, I think that the naturalistic performances lead to an unengaging watch. I think that you're right. It's very understated. And what it reminded me of is a movie that does this a lot better, which is The Babadook, which is mm. also, it's a lot more, I think The I, Babadook is a lot more complex, a lot more interesting. Yeah, I don't remember their performances being understated. That's not my, that was not my takeaway from that movie, but it's interesting. In the first it. half, I think it is. In the first mm-hmm. half, I think it's a lot of, because it, it, it's the same way, it's just, it's weird little stuff happening. Yes, well, that's how, that's how most horror movies start. Well, yeah. <laughs> it didn't remind you of The Babadook at all? That's totally out of left not field? Not really, no. Okay. I think this was like, because you're right that this, for me, it bordered on boring because okay. the question, the reason that I was still engaged is because I was asking myself, because I was getting nothing, I wanted more. I was asking for more. So with Holly specifically, when she comes in, she's like a little goth, you know? Yeah. She's got dark black hair and like black lipstick. black lipstick. And I think she's got like probably black eyeliner and eyeshadow, whatever. She's very pale. And she's wearing all black and she's kind of like a hot goth chick. And she's really blah at first. They're like, Holly, anything? Any, you feeling anything? And she's like, no. no. And then she kind of goes into her room and she she's reading and she's reading about like death. Yeah. Um, and she wants the, the ca- they've set up these um, cameras that are, what is it called again? Sensitive. Motion? Mo- sensitive? Motion sensitive. And um, they are moving around and she doesn't like if they're when they're right. looking at her. So she's moving away from her. And I was like, is this just a boring character? And I, and I was, I really was looking and she became less boring as they moved along, but she maintained her kind of blah attitude that when they're like, Holly, uh, do you like being a psychic? Like, what's the deal? She's like, <sighs> she's like in this really deadpan voice. She's like, no, it's really scary. And I don't really like it. Like, but honestly, and I realized, oh, she's doing a thing. She's playing a character. This is not just a bad actress 
who has a blah personality. She's being dull and dark. See, I think when there are moments where she ramps up, uh, specifically she starts to see a man Mm -hmm. and she keeps talking about how like he's standing right in front of me. And that's after we learn that she is frightened, that she's actually like, she doesn't like being a psychic because she's scared. And I don't think her performance is good there. I think when she goes big, it's, it's almost to the point of ridiculousness. I think I totally agree with you. All three of these actors are effective when they're doing the understated, when they're trying to make us feel like there's three people living in a house and nothing that interesting is happening. I hate it when she's like, he's standing right in front of me. I hear you. It, it drove me crazy. I was like, it suddenly, it suddenly got camp. And then it pulled right back out of it, of course, because then a door slams shut and they go to bed and then the next morning they talk about it. Yeah. And I thought it was very frustrating, it actually. Didn't, it, it didn't bother me that much. It. I agree with you that they're better when they're being understated. And that's why I'm glad that most of this movie is that. Yeah. That it wasn't the first 15 minutes and that a bunch of action happens. The majority of it is understated. Like an hour. Probably, more, I think it's actually even more like an hour 15. This movie's only like an hour 30. Oh. And uh, it might even be shorter than that. And I feel like it is. It's like, mo- it's a huge majority of it is just, is really commonplace and boring um but i really liked that and so i I don't know it didn't bother me the only time it really ever bothered me was there's a part where she like has run into her room and she's up against the wall and he's he's the man the ghost man is presumably staring on her like standing on her bed staring at her do you remember that part i do that's what looked the most unnatural to me because she's like up against the wall with her arms out and i was like and the angle's have, really weird. It yeah. looks that shot reminded me a lot of Paranormal Activity too. It felt very like, and I, I don't think it's on one of their little cameras. Mm-mm. Maybe it's it not. is. It's not. No, okay. it's not. I don't think so. It just felt really contrived. It's like the camera's up in the corner, and it's very strange. Yeah, and they actually they and again you don't see anything. They didn't really. It's just her no, seeing this. You never see anything until the end. Until the end, yeah. Um, but there's a lot of like, uh, they don't use those cameras a lot. No. I thought, they, I thought it was going to be more of a part of it, but they don't really use it very I think often. It's, it's just for their due diligence. It's for us it to is. believe that they're... They only, they only look at them when they are going back to look at what was happening the day before. Right. Do you think there's anything in this movie that suggests that it doesn't take place in our world? Because I was curious about this In our concept. world? Yeah, I was curious about this concept of the insurance company hiring, like, basically Ghostbusters to to do that to like make this claim that doesn't seem like that would happen in re- in in our reality i don't know what new zealand is like i can't imagine it's like do they really just respect paranormal activity that much here's the thing here's the thing if this if this family do you want to get into this sure if this family that moved out mm-hmm. is like making a real stir and they're like no pay us to like leave this uh, p- property mm-hmm. you owe us we had this insurance taken out you need to pay us and they're like harassing the insurance company i guarantee you they're gonna be like whatever it takes to, sh- to make these people stop asking for money so if this will set the family at ease and the insurance company can keep their money by saying like no there's no paranormal activity uh you're just trying to scam us mm-hmm stop <laughs> then like i totally believe that the insurance company would do that yeah i don't know it just felt it felt so odd to me i can i can I, while you were saying that i can i felt like i could picture if that happened here like if there was someone in in new england who was like i need my money back on my house that i bought because it is straight up haunted in a dangerous way the 
an insurance company might fucking call Lorraine Warren and be like, you're an expert. Go handle this. You're 85 years old. Go, like, see if this is actually haunted. Because that's what they used to do, like, for a living. See, the movie I want is about this insurance company. And I want to see this scene with, like, Andy Garcia or, like, I don't know, Nathan Lane or, like, Gary (laughs) Cole is having to be like, all right, this family just, like, won't leave us alone. And so I'm picturing this, like, I don't know why... Literally, Andy Garcia was the first person that came to mind. <laughs> like, Nathan Lane is a casting choice. Uh, he was in... Um... Mouse Hunt. <laughs> That's what I'm picturing. I'm picturing, like, Mouse The Hunt. Good Wife was my thought. <laughs> I'm picturing, like, Mouse Hunt, but the mouse is a ghost. And, like, he and whoever else is in Mouse Hunt go, and, like, a ghost plays a bunch of pranks on them to get them to leave the house. That's what I'm picturing. That would be a great movie. Why isn't that made? I'm, I'm talking it. about this insurance company. <laughs> Being frustrated that this family's trying, and they have to like, like, oh my god, we have to. I don't even know how to find Ghostbusters. Like, what are we supposed to do here? Who and their conundrum. Call Ghostbusters. Who, who are we gonna call? Who are we gonna call? See, that's the movie I want. <laughs> that's Ghostbusters. See, you have you have uncovered a better, a better movie, which is the inner workings of this insurance company trying to deal with this bullshit. Yes, or like a a world in which this is normal. Yes, because I, I feel like that is a movie or something somewhere where like Ghost Town. It's not what Ghost Town's about, because you wouldn't watch it. No, it's Ghost... Wait. No, you're right. That is Ghost Town. I was thinking about Ghost World, which is the Steve Buscemi movie. No, Ghost Town. Ghost Town, that's not what Ghost Town's about. I know. You would know if you ever watched Ghost Town. Better uh, things to do with my time. <laughs> there there are. You're right. Um, Ricky Gervais is not worth anyone's time. Um, But I, I really... I, that was my first thought, was like... Is the subtlety also supposed to be that we are in this world where these things are taken more seriously? But I didn't get that impression. There's nothing else to set it apart. There's nothing else like I agree, uncanny especially enough. Especially that Scott is still like to compare it science. to to compare it to a what I think is a better movie, which is It Follows, which very subtly is like out of time and it doesn't say anything to suggest explicitly that we are in one place or another. But it exists in this sort of yeah. I, I'll call it like it's like the uncanny value of uh, setting and of of. It is. It's really freaky. I'm still so mad about it. I'm still thinking about it. I'm like, what year is it? But this doesn't do anything like that, and it no. could because again, it follows also works subtly like that. It is not afraid to be understated. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just I I was interested in the idea. Maybe I think it's I'm, a good question. I'm doing the same thing that I do. No, before, it's a very I'm good like, question. I wish this movie was doing a different more, movie. Was doing more work, and uh, I would do more work if I was making this movie. But I liked the, I thought that was a very interesting, like we talked about, when they walk, when they roll up, I was like, they're a family, it's like a granddad, <laughs> a dad, and the daughter, and I was ready to be super bored. And it and instead, wa- they were Ghostbusters, and you were still super I bored. Too, but I was bored in a different way, which is at least interesting. Another thing I think this movie does well, this is, I'm just totally going left field here, but mm-hmm. I just thought of it, which is that when things are happening, um, again, for the most part, it's pretty understated. The wind, there's like cacophonous wind, like gusting through and around the house, mm-hmm. and it's like deafening. And I thought that was done really well, actually. Is it that one specific time when? Because I love this scene as well when they are all when they're all awake in the middle of the night and there's a storm. Yeah, and they're all drinking hot chocolate, and there's it's the same thing. There's something about the like the normalcy and the like utter just like boring nonsense, and it's the same. It's very bureaucratic. They're going yeah. about it very like. Oh well, he's he's always on the phone with the insurance company. Like, oh, we're gonna like get every day. We're gonna get it. We're gonna like. It's just there's something very 
different and I want to say special, but it's like the opposite of special. It's like, <laughs> it's so commonplace. It's like modernity. It's like... It's, it is exactly, that's what exactly what it is. It's modernity. And I loved that. I don't know what I was like craving last night that I was like, bore me to tears, but it did it and I loved it. <laughs> uh, I feel very differently. I know. it's, But I think it's interesting. I think that we're like, it's not offensively bad. It's not offensively no, no. boring. And that's why it's... Well, it plays on the line in a very interesting way. But that's only for the first hour, hour and 15. Th- yeah, maybe, maybe like even hour, hour 10, hour yeah. five, something like that. Because then there's the ending. And then we turn because it, 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 this is when the movie honestly betrayed me because I felt up to this point that this movie had been maybe smart or at least not stupid. And this is when I was like, oh, you think this is my first rodeo? Like, I have been watching horror movies for years, and you just did a really dumb thing. The most poorly executed twist. Right, because it is, it's not even that it was just poorly executed. It is the most common twist of all time, which is the twist of something's been haunting you forever. You figure out the way to get rid of it, and then it turns out that that spirit was protecting you the whole time. That is like... I have loved it in certain movies that have done more work. It, that's what they do in um, The Haunting in Connecticut, which is a movie that I love, but it's because it's one of the first times I ever saw that twist. It's what they do in The Curse of Sleeping Beauty. It is. You're right. Although that's like a lot stupider. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you don't remember, it's a stupid movie. Uh, but it's something that is just done so often, which is like, this spirit was so scary, so we got rid of it, and now we're fucked. Because what they do... Is they decide that like they there's two ways they're gonna go about this. Holly wants to smudge it away uh, because she's a psychic, and Scott wants to banish it scientifically, which is I guess by playing like a low, 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 low frequency, which will somehow chase the I don't know science. Science. Scott loves science. It's all he ever talks about. So they do it. It's all very dramatic, and then the ghost is gone, and they're gonna pack up and go. It's not great. This isn't, and then there's things banging and the the, the big giant. The, oh, oh my gosh, we forgot about. We haven't talked at all about the dead room. The dead room. The dead room. The dead room is a plot the point. The titular we have not dead room. Discussed. The dead room. Do you prefer titular or eponymous? Titular, because it has the word tit in it. Me too. <laughs> Only the highest maturity on. Of course. Screaming. Um, so the the dead room is a room. And it is, for some reason, the only place in this house that cannot be touched by a paranormal presence. Yeah. When Holly is scared and it's too cold and he's fine, he's going to follow her, she goes into the dead room and she suddenly is like, oh, here I can breathe and there it cannot find me here. And she does this little... The way you just put that is exactly how this movie is. She's too cold. She's so cold. He's, and he's going to follow her. He's gonna, he's, she's scared. He doesn't, she doesn't like him. He's, he's big and scary. He's tall. He's, he's very, very tall. He's very tall. He hits his head on the chandelier <laughs> every time, every goddamn time, even though he presumably used to live here as a living human. Um, but she does this whole... It's it's a moment that I was like, I can't tell if she's doing good acting or bad acting because she's trying to show how the spirit can't come through the door and she's going, she's moving her arms in this way that's like, there's something, it's like, he can't, there's like a line, he can't come. And I'm like, it's a doorway. <laughs> You're in the doorway. Of course he can't walk through the doorway into this room that is clearly for some reason protected against him. 
But so that's what that's where they move all their stuff into. They, right. They use it properly, which is like, oh, we're going to protect this our, is our safe space. Uh, and <laughs> eliminate safe spaces. Safe spaces. <laughs> um, I don't mean that. I'm saying it facetiously. Don't eliminate safe spaces. Uh, but so <laughs> it's too political. I know. Um, this so, is supposed to be the escape. This is supposed to be our dead room. From we can't, we can't, we can't escape uh, the politics. Uh, so there, the safe spaces is in the dead room, and they're going to go in there, and it's great, and everything's wonderful, and so that's that's where they're hiding. And then when they go to get rid of the ghost, uh, when they get rid of him, they go back into the dead room. Yep. But that's the dead room, and we don't really know. I guess they don't ever call it that, do they? I don't. Think I don't so. think so. That's just what we're supposed to assume as viewers that when when they find this room where there is no paranormal presence it's it dead is, it is dead to ghosts i thought of it as being like if you know how like when they are um using their little machines to detect ghost presence mm-hmm. things are like humming and there's a lot of like like things like that and then when they go into the room it just goes like Ew! and then it's like it's like the opposite of live, you know, if it's live and it's like the machines are going and then they go in there and the machines. If stop. the dead is live, then the live is dead. Yeah. Something like that. Jared Leto can't get in either. Why? Panic room. I forgot that's him in panic room. Yeah. I forgot about that. Forrest Whitaker's in panic room, right? Yeah. I love Forrest Whitaker. Anyway, the dead room. They never call it that, which I would be really disappointed if they had called it that. So that's one more point for this movie. Uh, for not, not ever, being obvious. Yeah. Not ever calling it the dead room or being obvious. Um, but so then they've, they've banished the spirit. They've done their job. Uh, Scott's calling the insurance company being like, we did it. And also it was haunted. So pay, pay, pay up. people and us. Uh, we're out of here. Andy Garcia and Nathan Lane are pissed. <laughs> The Dead Room 2 starring Nathan Lane. <laughs> uh, but then, you know, they they fucked it all up because then they're in the dead room and there's a cold spot. Uh-oh. So, you know, gotta mind those cold spots. So they go down into this spooky chamber through the wall where there was the cold spot. Yeah, well, specifically find... he feels it, uh, Liam feels it on the wall. On the wall. So they, like, do they actually break, yeah, they break they into break the wall, the with, wall. Like, a, with a hammer. And they go, it's, there's a ladder, and they go down into the, like, down a spooky chamber into this big room where there's, like, I guess the skeleton of a woman chained up. We don't really see her. We see the back of her with her long hair, yeah. and she's physically changed But we don't visually see really anything. And she's not alive. She's, like, probably yeah. a skeleton, They say right? she's mummified. Right, that's what they say. So she's presumably, but like... I didn't see we, mummified. No, yeah. we, we don't see her. We only see her from the back. And... Um, I guess it's when they're like, oh, this spirit really was evil because he was like keeping someone down here as a prisoner. Oh yeah, they call the cops. They do. And they're like, oh, you should come check out this, this like, there's a woman oh, in here. She there's must a- be like a missing person. Yeah. And like, was she married to this guy? Was she like, why was she a prisoner? What happened? They want to understand the story. And so the cops uh, come. How do they realize that? Holly gets possessed. That's oh, what happens. Does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the cops are there and they're all like, the our trio is like sort of packing up and they're like explaining like oh yeah we found it through here here's what we were doing oh they go down there and she's gone yeah they they i think liam claws in there with a with a police officer with a police officer and 
The body's gone. The body's gone. There's the chairs there. The chains are there. The body's gone. Then Holly starts shaking, and her eyes roll back in her head, and which also was actually again like more understated than it. I disagree so much. I hated it. I hated it. I rolled my eyes so hard. Did they roll and back not into, back into my head. Back into your no. head and go white like hers. Uh-huh. Nah. Haha. Both of us. I wish. <laughs> <laughs> what wait, what what do you think was too overstated about it? Again, she was like convulsing and I don't remember what she was saying while she was possessed. I don't think she was saying anything. She was like babbling or something? I don't know. I think I would have if she was babbling, I would have felt differently about it. But it hmm. was it was literally like she was having a fit. It just like it looked like she was sick. And I think that was why it was. And then it she worked. wakes up and Listeners, you already know the line. Yeah. It was trying to protect us from her. From her. And then the cops die. And then... Right? I don't really know what happens. They get thrown and then... They all get get thrown against the wall. Yes. But then... It specifically kills Scott and Liam, too. There's a point where she's the only one left, and I can't remember... This happens over the course of a few seconds, though. It's really fast. Like we said, this is like... Because, like we said, the first hour is them hunting for ghosts the next 10 to 15 minutes are them getting rid of the ghost and then finding the woman in the basement so this movie is like i was watching the netflix thing it was like moving yep yep it was moving closer to the end and i was like what and this is the last two minutes of this movie if this if it was like a a lady tied up on the tracks by snidely whiplash the train is it's it's getting there it's all the way there it is about to run her over and the and we're not any cl- like there's just yeah so then holly's running i just want to say it's not a good sign that we just watched this movie and, and we can't, can't remember, remember. Is, how these people this are living when i was like a i remember what bit, happened to, uh, i was falling asleep we're to talk about it i have no idea what happens to all what of happens them? to scott and liam and the Me cops neither but holly's running away oh you know what happens what they get dragged in to the into the i, I want to oh, they get like sucked in they get sucked down into the tunnel yeah, like the yeah. Yes, so that I don't I don't remember how they get sucked into the room, but they they, they basically are just everything. That's being, ringing a bell. Everyone's being sucked into the tunnel again. The wind, Holly, the wind is really good. The hell that wind, and then Holly gets out. She's running out into the in like she's she's out of the house. She's on the lawn. She's right across the lawn. Boom! Evil dead hand. hand out of the ground. Evil dead hand grabs, grabs her, her, pulls her sucks down, sucks her in. She's down there in the bad place and i was like there is no time for her to have a battle nope. with this woman she just gets dragged away but again we don't see a woman oh, we don't oh, see anything oh, oh she oh. gets chain choked she does get chain choked and dragged away yes do you have something to say i re- i remembered how it starts which is that she remember she gets sucked down there first they're all standing in a circle and then the wind grabs her and tries to suck her out that's when that there's that image of her that I have see, saw before I watched this movie of her on the ground. Oh yeah, and she's around the doorway and she's try, getting sucked in. And I think when Liam and um, Scott try to save her, that's when they get sucked down, and that's how she gets away. I just realized I just, I just remembered a little a little fact. But then so then she's down there. She gets chain choked. She dies. Well, we see her get dragged away, mm-hmm. and then we see sort of like nothing for a few seconds, mm-hmm. and then. She crawls out of the darkness towards the camera. She looks kind of like the. Which, by the way, the best thing any horror movie can ever do, just like have that baddie come straight for the camera. <laughs> just like it's like never cheesy. And like with the hand on the lens. Oh yeah, of course. Like always, just it like always works and scares me. No, it doesn't. This is an advice podcast to aspiring horror filmmakers. Don't fucking do that. Don't do it. It always looks stupid. 
Yes, it always does. And I actually liked what they were doing up until that point with her because one, I love not seeing the villain. Not I seeing her was it. great. And then when she's crawling out of the darkness, because like you said, there's just darkness for a second. Yeah. And then she doesn't, it's not as obvious as I've seen other horror movies do where she's moving like really super fast in a spooky way. Like Like the mannequin monsters? And like in Paranormal Activity. That works too. Um, I just want to make this about Sleeping Beauty or Curse of Sleeping Beauty. Always. It's your favorite movie of all time. Of course. I do think she looked kind of like the Veiled Demon. A little bit. Um, but she, Our favorite gym. she's moving a little slowly and there was a point where I was watching and I had my glasses on and I couldn't tell what, she, what, what the shape was. I was like, where's her head? Where's her arms? I can't actually see who she is. And I wish the movie had cut out when she was still far enough away like to approaching, tell. approaching, not the, the, the last little run up to the camera. But like, if I, if just that last moment of like, I can almost see her, and then it cuts out. That would be brilliant, and that would have kept in line with the rest of the movie of this like ordinary way of yeah. going about these things. I agree that it was kind of blurry. I feel like they they must love some Vegemite on the lens when they're making it. <sighs> oh my god! I was thinking of you the entire time. Whenever someone would go, no, 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 no. Was, no was my favorite word to say in Australian or New Zealand accent. No. No. I feel like I feel like Vegemite is a Vegemite. That's Australian. That's it, is New Austra- it is Australian. Clearly's don't eat that shit. <laughs> Vegemite's so gross. Have you had Vegemite? No, I never want to ever. It's in the my worst. Life. Have you had it? Yeah, unfortunately. Blech. I have friends in Australia who always try to talk it up to me, and I'm like, no, 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 Vegemite, no. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry <laughs> to any Australians or New Zealanders listening to this. I, I greatly apologize for this. I'm sorry. Sorry. No. No. You're, you're saying, you sound like a cat trying to talk right now. That's what Australians sound like. <laughs> no. 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 I do want to sound like a cat. Uh, you do. You're, like, you're like, no. No. <laughs> Listen, everybody wants to be a cat. Um, anything <sighs> else to say about this movie? No, I... No. No. I <laughs> think your comparison to Paranormal Activity is apt. It's like if Paranormal Activity was... was... even more boring. No. <laughs> Ouch. Um, no, it's like if... There's been like this trend recently of like making like 70s, 80s revival style horror movies mm-hmm. of things like It Follows or The Conjuring or mm-hmm. something like that. This is like if they wanted to do that, but remake Paranormal Activity yes yes where it's like not in a nice house it's in like a farmhouse yeah and you don't it's not isn't there technology and it's not found a little footage, more obviously. updated in paranormal activity yeah he's got cameras well, paranormal activity everywhere. found footage and this is a normal that's movie. very true i don't know i like i said already i think there's a lot of really shoot coverage good interesting stuff in this movie i was enjoying myself for a lot of it mostly because it felt different like we've talked about with a lot of movies here like Sleeping Beauty and Rites of Spring and uh, things like that that are just trying to do too much. And this was like really... You are totally right. ...small, and I really enjoyed that It is lot. the quietest horror movie I've ever seen. Me too. And I and like, even if it doesn't work, it's kind of what we talked about. Even if it doesn't work, I like somebody making an interesting effort. and Like, like with the, Harbinger Down. Yes. Yeah. Like really trying to make something different, unlike what we said with Rites of Spring, which was just like trying to just smush a bunch of stuff together yeah. and being like, ah, I made a horror movie. 
Yay me! I'm so sad about how much we rag on Rights of Spring on this podcast. I know. But we, it's inevitable. It's bad. It's the worst movie yeah. we watched still. I think, yeah. Mm, yes. Yeah, it is. This might be second worst, but... Yes, everything's, everything's been pretty good since we're, we are what we are. Yeah. Oh, there is one more thing I want to say about The Dead Room. Yeah? The soundtrack... Uh, I had a really hard time figuring out exactly who this was because I think the credits say Plan 9, which is a record store in Richmond, Virginia, for one thing. So I was like, what are you talking about? From outer space? No, which I also found in my Googling. But plan the guys of Plan 9 who are listed on IMDb um, were writers on the Lord of the Rings soundtrack, which oh obviously I love. So New Zealand. Yes, yes, exactly. And so I wondered if it was like a New Zealand like band or something uh, or I don't know, composition group. And so that was I I when I saw that and I looked it up, I was listening and I do think the soundtrack was pretty uh good. It wasn't as like sometimes with these modern horn movies they can be like kind of techno yeah. soundtracks and this was actually it was um like orchestral, which I always appreciate. So it was something that I really liked. I don't remember it at all. <laughs> well, it was my takeaway. Are you ready to suck this into an underground? See, that makes this movie sound even more exciting than it is. Are you ready to slowly deteriorate and waste away <laughs> yeah. due to boredom? Yeah, so let's uh, let's move on. Let's pull up the roulette and get something else going. Are you ready to choose next week's movie? I'm always ready. I was born ready. <laughs> well, next week's movie will be... <laughs> Hellraiser Revelations. We tried to watch Hellraiser about a month ago and failed, so now we have to watch Hellraiser and then Hellraiser Revelations. Okay, so. This is an interesting one. After deliberation, yeah. we were prepared for this because we knew that uh, Hellraiser, Hellraiser 2, and Hellraiser Revelations were all on the Netflix all list. all on Netflix, and we didn't want to do them out of order, so we are going to do... Hellraiser, Hellraiser next week. And then Hellraiser... Revelations will okay. be our next episode. All right. Our rationale with that is in a franchise like this, like let's say, I don't know, Halloween H2O was on here. We're not going to watch all of them up to that point. Right. But we should have the original reference point yes. and we should have the sequel, which a lot of sequels do to some extent stand on their own. Yes, especially if there's only two, if it's only Hellraiser 2. If it was Hellraiser 7, probably not. But like we, this we, is like Hellraiser. We eight. did the same thing with uh, Chucky. Seed of Chucky is on here, and we, Seed of Chucky, Curse of Chucky. Oh, Curse of Chucky. Sorry, and I watched Child's Play. Child's Play, so that I would have a frame of reference. So we could do Curse of Chucky if it comes up. Yes. So, but we haven't watched Hellraiser. No, because I didn't want to. <laughs> but now we're gonna do it. So next week we're gonna do Hellraiser, and our episode after that will be Hellraiser Revelations. Yep. So two weeks of Hellraiser, everyone. Get excited. Buckle up. Oh, oh boy. It's going to be so spooky. Can't wait. It's so much fake blood. So, on that gory note. Hellraiser. Until next time, you can always check us out on our website at nowscreaming.com, on Facebook at nowscreaming. And on Twitter at nowscreamingpod. Please let us know how you feel about everything that we've said. Yeah, rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, let us know if you love the podcast because then more people get to enjoy the dead room <laughs> the dead room uh thanks as always to jonas Lyka for our music and anna campbell for our logo and thanks to wes craven for putting action in your movies and making sure that there was always a plot it's very true 
<laughs> Thanks a lot, Wes Craven. Yeah. All right. Until next time, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.